Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living a Course in Miracles. This is season four, and it's called The Journey. Episode 18, Reality. Welcome back, and welcome to The Journey. The Journey series is a continuation of the book's teachings with more added life journeys and experiences to share. The Journey is our life here in this world. It is my hope that more people will see their lives as a journey, one of discovery, of learning, and teaching those they encounter. The journey is about figuring out what our purpose is as part of a whole. If we take an objective look at the world around us, it is filled with stuff and egos. People believing that the stuff is what matters, and the more you have, the more successful you will be. There is some truth in that, because by the standards and reality we've created here in this world, that is what we have deemed as being a success. The term, the American dream, is all based on being a success in this world. It also refers to living in a first world country where you have the ability and access to making more money than others. That only applies to certain countries. There are people listening who do not have that same opportunity. But is it really that great though? There's a famous singer named Justin Bieber. He's a fellow Canadian who recently released a song called Lonely. And it's a terribly lonely song. And it's clear in that song that it is about his life. And despite all the millions of dollars that he has acquired, he has been miserable and felt alone for an awfully long time. It almost seems impossible. To those of us who have, who, sorry, who do not have millions of dollars, we might find ourselves thinking, well, if I had his money, I wouldn't be lonely. But do we know that for sure? That is our egos telling us that money is the answer. I think what Justin is showing us is that money in is this world's reality. It does not bring peace, happiness, love, and joy to our life as a guarantee. All those things can only be accessed from within. Nothing, absolutely nothing outside of us can give that to us. The sooner we accept that as our reality, the sooner we can access the peace, love, happiness, and joy within us. Reality is an interesting term. It consistently, or sorry, we consistently ask, what is real? We want proof or a demonstration of the real. This is where the book gets very specific on what the difference is between the reality we created and the one created by God. In chapter 12, the Holy Spirit's curriculum, there's a section in that chapter called The Judgment and the Holy Spirit. In paragraph one, it starts with this, and I quote, you have been told not to make error real. The way to do that is very simple. If you want to believe in error, you would have to make it real because it's not true. But truth is real in its own right. And to believe in truth, you don't have to do anything at all. Understand that you do not respond to anything directly, but to your interpretation of it. Your interpretation thus becomes the justification for the response. 
That is why analyzing the motives of others is hazardous to you. If you decide that someone is really trying to attack you or desert you or enslave you, you will respond as if he had actually done so, having made his error real to you. To interpret error is to give it power, and having done this, you will overlook truth. End quote. It boils down to our interpretation of others' reactions. What others do or say are directly related to how we interpret what they do or say. If we become defensive and perceive it as an attack on us, then we have let fear rule our perceptions. The first step is to avoid trying to figure out what they mean. Then the second is not to react to whatever is said. In paragraph three of that same section, it says, and I quote, there is but one interpretation of motivation that makes any sense. And because it is the Holy Spirit's judgment, it requires no effort at all on your part. Every loving thought is true. Everything else is an appeal for healing and help, regardless of the form it takes. Can anyone be justified in responding with anger to a brother's plea for help? End quote. The Course is simply saying whether it is your response or your brother's response that is not loving, then the place it comes from is fear. When we respond with fear, it is a call for help. It is difficult not to react to someone who is attacking us. It has become an automatic response. The book is asking that we look deeper into the reason for our response by looking at where the response is coming from. It goes on to say in that same paragraph, or sorry, in that same section, paragraph eight, sentences six through eight, and I quote, consider how well the Holy Spirit's interpretation of the motives of others will serve you then. Having taught you to accept only loving thoughts in others and to regard everything else as an appeal for help, he has taught you that fear itself is an appeal for help. This is what recognizing fear really means. If you do not protect it, he will reinterpret it. That is the ultimate value in learning to perceive attack as a call for love. End quote. If we were able to reprogram our minds to see our reality through the eyes of love, then we would see clearly when we came across people who did not see it that way. It would allow us the opportunity to give it to them and the help and to help them see reality the same way through the eyes of love, not fear. We have an investment in the reality we have created. We've come to see it as real and all-encompassing. Fear is our biggest investment. Fear comes from the belief that we die. If you look around at the world right now, fear has engulfed it. If you ask someone, what are you afraid of? You will likely hear things like getting sick or getting someone else sick, dying or others dying. The course clearly states that none of that is real. And that is only a perception of our egos. We can only get sick because of fear. So how much, sorry, so look how much all this fear is not helping anything or anyone. We do not die. Our bodies pass, but our existence 
never ceases. Our being lives on in eternity. The Course says there are only two true emotions, love and fear. You cannot be partly one and partly the other. You are either living in fear or living in love. Only you can decide which one it is for you. If you are afraid of this virus, of dying, or of anything else, fear is your chosen state of existence, your creation of reality. If you live in this moment, are not afraid of anything, and extend your love to all those you encounter, love is your chosen state of existence. It is the closest to what God created as reality, and the closest you can ever come to heaven in this world. I said, it is what you have chosen. It is as simple as that, a choice. Walk in fear and nothing will feel good. And you will attack others who do not live in fear with you. And you will make yourself sick. Walk in love and nothing will phase you. When others attack you, you will stay calm, not react, and try to help. People who live in fear do not want your help. They want you to join them and agree that their perspective is the right one. It's not about right or wrong. It is about fear or love, period. I have observed myself how easy it is to see the difference between people who choose love as their guide and those who choose fear. This health crisis has clearly segregated the two different realities. This is a learning opportunity for all of us. It is a chance to move ourselves out of fear and into love. I guarantee once you do that, you will see a significant, significant difference in how you feel, how you see others, and how you react and interpret those who are acting out of fear. Attack and reactions are just amplifying the fear. It's important that we stay calm and think loving thoughts. Think, how can I help this person without amplifying their fear and turning my fear on? Love responds with love. If you respond with fear, then you have moved to fear. This by no means is an easy choice. It starts with your awareness of where you are right now. Are you fearful or are you loving? What is real depends on what you want to be real. In the last part of chapter 12, called The Attraction of Love for Love, in paragraph 8, it says this, The real world was given you by God in loving exchange for the world you made and the world you see. Its reality will make everything seem invisible, for beholding it is total perception. And as you look upon it, you will remember that it was always so. Nothingness will become invisible, for you will at last have seen truly. End quote. The book is telling us that when we want to see what is real, then we'll see it. God exchanges, never removes. He is happy to share with us and show us what we choose not to see. Our world is only real if we accept it for what it is. Once we see it as it truly is, then we open our minds and hearts to a universe of possibilities. 
Thanks for listening. In two weeks' time, on Sunday, May 16th, I'm going to talk about dreams. The course has an interesting perspective on dreams. If you are looking for deep meaning in dreams, the course says you will not find it there. Dreams are the subconscious playing around with our past, our past thoughts, the things we've seen, and the places we've been. The course says that dreams are almost, almost entirely a made-up world created by our thoughts. I said almost. All dreams are like that. I've told you the story on how this podcast came to be. I dreamt it. I even dreamt the name. (laughs) The name Trifecta Now had no relevance or importance to me. I knew what trifecta meant, but I do not think I ever used that word in a conversation. I even looked it up the next morning to see why they want me to call it that. Tri means three, and fecta in Greek means perfect, the perfect three. I knew right then that was exactly what I would call it, and I started researching how to do a podcast. (laughs) I had no idea. Dreams have various meanings, but usually not what we think. I will discuss what dreams mean and how you can control them in my next podcast. In closing, I would like to say hello to my friends in Etobicoke, Ontario, Jacksonville, New Brunswick, both located in Canada, Diamond, North Holland in the Netherlands, Long Eaton, England in the United Kingdom, also my United States friends. I have friends in Minneapolis, Minnesota, Orlando, Florida, St. Petersburg, Florida, and Manhattan, New York. Thank you all for listening. Please continue to rate and review the podcast. I can be contacted by email at trifectanow3 at gmail.com. If you'd like to ask a question, share a comment, or even say hello. The email is located in the description of each podcast. Thanks for sharing the love. Remember, this is our journey. Let us together find our way. Live in this moment. It's the only one that truly matters. Always love, Denise.